welcome to the Resilient Birth Podcast. Hi, I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah. On this podcast, we navigate the world of trauma in the perinatal period, both personally and professionally. Justine and I believe what is uniquely beautiful about this podcast is that the you as our listener can be the perinatal professional or the you who desires to have a family, has a family, or may have lost children. We hope you can find what you need as you listen, connect with our vulnerability, and feel witnessed in others' experiences. We talk about trauma on this podcast, so please take care of yourself and meet yourself with kindness and grace. Hello and welcome to the Resilient Birth Podcast. I'm Justine and I'm excited to hear Sarah's quote for today. As always, I haven't heard what Sarah will be bringing into our conversation today and I'm excited to learn more, Sarah, about what's been going on this week and why you're going to be sharing what you're sharing. So this week I am bringing in a quote that I think encompasses a journey of like reclaiming my identity before I had kids. Fitness and CrossFit were a big part of my healing journey. It helped me regain trust in my body. It helped me believe my body could be strong. It helped me believe that my body could protect itself. And then after having kids, it was just really hard to reconnect with that. Not a lot of gyms have childcare. And if they did have childcare, it wasn't the same like strength movements that I really like hadn't been enjoying. And so I felt being a parent, I was stripped of this identity that had been really healing and really increased my safety in the world. And then during the pandemic, I just went out on a limb and I got a Peloton. And after my third child, I just rode on this bike in the basement. And One of the instructors was just speaking and the words they shared, Robin, just really spoke to me in giving myself permission to honor that my healing is ongoing and and forever. And yeah, so I'm going to share what Robin said to me on the bike. I've had many cry in my Peloton, and this is one of those moments that I'll share with you today. So Robin Arzone is an amazing instructor at Peloton. She's also the vice president of fitness programming. And she said to me that day, you deserve to feel at home in your body. You deserve to feel whole within your body and you move so you don't forget it. Can you say it again? Mm -hmm. You deserve to feel home in your body. You deserve to feel whole within your body. You move so you don't forget it. Wow. It's so powerful because one thing that happens to us when we've experienced trauma is that loss of safety. It's not just out there in the world. Like the world isn't just an unsafe place or feels like it's an unsafe place for us, but it happens on the inside as well that we feel that we are not a safe place. We are unhomed in our bodies. We lose who we are. And don't trust the body as a safety net or as a place that we can rest in or be in. And being whole or being healed or finding safety again after trauma is a struggle, but also absolutely possible. Like we deserve it and it's there for us. This is not something that. Like it can feel like it's impossible that we will never feel at home again, that we will never feel safe again. But there are paths towards finding it, whether it's through fitness or through therapy or EMDR or yoga 
or whatever it may be that takes us to that place where we rediscover ourselves and find that home again. And yeah, and, and I think about the words, so you move and don't, and we move so you don't forget it. It's like, I think of healing as movement and I'm kind of perhaps the opposite of you, Sarah. I'm, I don't find fitness to be the journey that brings it to me. But I think of movement in many other ways, not just fitness. So yes, moving my body, walking, but other ways of moving, moving creatively, moving intellectually, moving with my heart. And so I think about moving in this expansive way as well as physically. So yes, the body physically moves in order to heal itself. And that is certainly an extremely effective and powerful way of bringing healing to the body. But there are other ways also that we can move, particularly as someone who has a hard time. I've spoken on this podcast on this podcast before about the hard time I have with my body. I have a lot of frustration with my body. But I also think that I move not just with my body. And those other ways in which I move, I find to be healing as well. Yeah. I think that day when I was writing, I needed those words from Robin because I had been walking around feeling really unsafe within myself. I had given up running outside. I would get like nervous, like being out by myself because I hold a story where I have been harmed by another person. And I work with a lot of people who hold, hold stories who have been harmed by a lot of people. And those were starting to live so strongly within my body that I, my world was shrinking. But I knew if like anyone zoomed out in my life, they would be like, you are a privileged person. You live in a safe community. You have a safe partner. You have security in with financial stuff, with food. Why do you feel unsafe in your body? And I felt, again, I needed to hide what I was really experiencing because maybe no one in my world would understand. And then I had Robin riding with me, looking at me saying that I deserve to feel home in my body and I deserve to feel whole within my body. And in order to feel those things, I need to feel safe. And so she gave me permission to finally honor what I was experiencing and feel okay with it and not just be like, you shouldn't feel these things because of your privilege and because of your life. Because I'm still healing and I'm still walking this journey. And even though parts of my life have gotten to be really beautiful, this is still my lived story. And I needed someone to say to me that I deserve to keep walking this path until I feel healed whole in myself. Yeah. And I, and I want to acknowledge also what was going on because you mentioned that this was during the pandemic. And so I think for many of us during this time, there was a real sense of loss of safety in the world. And there was this collective sense of what is going on? Are we safe when we are out? Am I safe in my body if I am out of my house? And so certainly I felt extremely activated during the pandemic. And I think that for those of us who walk a story and a journey that has included trauma, something like the pandemic can bring up some of that old story. And we're not necessarily even thinking that it has done because often, well, before 2020, most of us haven't experienced something like that before. And so it feels like it should be 
completely separate and disconnected. And here is this enormous global event that isn't in any way personal. Whereas for many of us, the trauma that we have experienced has been personal, interpersonal. It's been about how another has harmed us. And so these two things should be different and not at all connected. But in actual fact, that feeling of that loss of safety in the world, for me anyway, made me feel extremely destabilized within myself and within my body. And so it wasn't just an out there kind of thing, but also in here that I felt a loss of that connection to that more secure sense of self. And I wonder whether, Sarah, for you, that also felt stronger at this time because of the pandemic. I I definitely think it felt stronger at that time during the pandemic because I was living in this little like bubble. You know, it was just my little family unit for when I was pregnant. It was much of the time it was just us. And when you would go out into the world, you were learning that each other and humans were unsafe around one another. So it had like increased the unsafetyness of of my world before I was just like, no, I don't want to go into a bathroom without checking to see if I'm the only person in here or I don't want to go for a run unless my husband can track me on my phone or whatever. But now it had expanded. And so it was this really difficult experience. And also for me, when I, my experience of trauma, I would say when my body doesn't feel whole or safe or like a home for me, it can feel like my body's always on edge. It's like teetering. If you picture yourself at the edge of a cliff, it's like teetering over, waiting to fall, waiting for a mistake to happen, waiting for my pain to just be connected to it again. And this waiting me feel like my body's just waiting to betray me. Mm. And so then my body was also feeling even more unsafe because I had nowhere to go, nowhere to reclaim my strength. And then the world was even more unsafe. So I just felt trapped in this loop of really activation. And why do you think these words this week came up for you? We have recently moved And my world has opened up because when your kids get older and they go to school, like, oh my goodness, you have a bit more time in your life and it feels really wonderful. And so I am now doing CrossFit again and I'm working out with this awesome, amazing moms group and I'm still doing my Peloton. And it just, I feel like I'm finally living Robin's words because I heard Robin's words during the pandemic and I wrote, every time I'm crying on the Peloton, I have positive and I write down what like one of them said to me and I finally feel like I'm getting there and I'm so grateful that Robin reminded me that I have the right to fight for these things and to work for these things and to heal these parts because now three years later being in a body where I do feel more whole and at home it feels pretty epic and amazing and I don't know if I would have reached out in the same way or had the same belief if I hadn't heard Robin tell me that I have the right to go and achieve that. It's so lovely to hear you talk about that. And I can hear in your voice just how meaningful this strength in your body is for you, how, 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 like how much it gives you to feel that and to be able to see yourself in this way and to be connected to yourself as 
and in that identity, I guess. So, so it's not just, oh, I can do this. It's not just a, an achievement kind of thing, but it's also to be in the identity of, yes, a, a mom, a caretaker, a counselor, all those other things that you are, but also someone whose body is there for you and is a home and is strong and that can do these amazing physical things. Mm -hmm. I found for myself, it feels freeing. And I think that that's what I hope my clients can connect to whatever that may be for them, but something that frees them up that they then can feel that their belief in power comes from within Mm -hmm. and not from others. Because before I connected back to this part, I felt really vulnerable and I felt like I relied heavily on, you know, my partner who is a very strong person to be like that safety net. And then now I'll like go to like a, a store and there'll be like a big piece of furniture that I have to get. And I'm like, oh, I can, I deadlift more than that at the gym. I can pick this up. I don't need to ask anyone for help. And that makes me feel so good to only ask for help when I like really need it instead of it coming from this place of like, vulnerability and helplessness that I was in. And it felt like I just wanted to relight that inner strength of myself because I don't mind asking people for help. But when it's coming from that place where I feel like I'm weak, it can feel really icky. Mm -hmm. So the freedom to be able to lean into myself until I really need that hand of another is just, has been just amazing. Yeah. And I think I'm trying to reflect upon my own path towards healing and working as someone who has a history of trauma and the different identities that I carry and what, again, movement means to me and what the physical, like being physical means for me. And I've always struggled with it. So ever since I was little, I remember being not enjoying gym class and not being the kid who's good at sport and then becoming sick as a teenager and collecting my first autoimmune disease at 17 and all these things that kind of along the way that are not necessarily connected to trauma but are connected to the way in which I perceive myself have maybe cut off physical healing from me as a way of or physical activity as a way of healing for me. And I'm reflecting on whether this is a, you know, is this a true thing or is this the story that I tell myself? Right. So is this an actual thing that because of who I am and the way I'm made and the way that my body responds to things, that this is not the path that works for me? Or is there a story that I hold because of an accumulation of various different events throughout my life that then it is the story that limits this rather than my body that it's limiting this. And as I'm talking, I'm thinking about after I had my second child and I was extremely fortunate because I had morning child care for my oldest just a few mornings a week. And I was able to go to a yoga class in those times and I could bring my baby. It was a it was a, a bring your baby along yoga class. And it was the only thing I wanted to do. And every day that I could, and I think I went probably 
because I went on the weekend as well. I think I went four times a week to this yoga class. And there were different instructors, but it was run by the same organization. And I went to every single one that I had care for my toddler for. And I felt so strong and so good. And my body does not do yoga well. I am really bad at it. So let me just say, like, I did four mornings a week. I, I don't bend. I don't stretch. I can't do downward dog. I mean, like the easiest things that everyone else in the world basically can do, my body just doesn't do. So like, I'm already carrying like this like story in of like physical limitation, but the way in which these particular instructors were trained to accommodate people like me, but also because it was a postpartum class, it was very generous to working within your capability and not stretching or asking you to go beyond what you could do. And that for me was really powerful. And I got within my limited range better at yoga. And it was so healing for my mental health. It was the only thing I wanted to do. I felt so good. And then my my baby started to crawl at six months. All my children fall young. They all crawl. They crawl and sit up at the same time. And I couldn't go anymore because it's just a class for mums with babies that don't move. And and then there was just nothing for me because, again, the story that I carry, my body doesn't work. So a normal yoga class for me doesn't work. It doesn't, like, I'm so, it's so painful seeing everyone else's ease of movement and the ease with which they can do things and the expectation that I can similarly get into that position or hold a position like that. And of course, different teachers will be, of course, be accommodating and, and all that stuff. But it's also the story that I carry. So it's not just what's out there. It's also what's within me. And I had to stop. And I haven't found anything since that gave me that. But there was a period, a six month period when I had it. Yeah. And I think I really appreciate your story because when I hear Robin's words, To me, they're not about fitness. Mm -hmm. You deserve to feel home in your body. You deserve to feel whole in your body. You move so you don't forget. Maybe movement is painting. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's music. You just play music or put on music. Maybe your movement is meditation, just getting on your mat and sitting. But whatever you're doing to get your body into the space that allows it to feel home and to feel whole, that's what she's asking us to do. And it then made me go down this path of like, what do I deserve as a parent? Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I just was jotting things down. So I'm just going to read a few of them that I wrote. I deserve to be a whole person and not just a parent. I deserve to have relationships with others outside of my family. I deserve to discover parts of myself, have hobbies and share those with my family if I choose to do so. I deserve to feel loved and nurtured, witnessed and seen on this journey. I needed Robin to remind me that I can take and I can ask and I can go get what I need. And so what do I need to walk this parenting journey? What do I need to walk my fitness journey? What do I need to walk an artistic journey? Like, mm-hmm. And so, and then you move and you do that. Like I'm now doing pottery and I'm moving my body in that. And our bodies can be a gift that can move us 
towards anything that will open up healings in us. Something that I think is really interesting about the words that you shared and that you wrote down is that so much of what you need, because you phrase it at what I need to be a parent, what I need for this parenting journey, but what you need, or what strikes me about what you need is that you need yourself mm-hmm. and you need a self that is not just the self as a parent, that there is so much more to Sarah than you as a parent, you as the parent. And to be the parent, you also deserve to have a home outside of that within yourself. Mm -hmm. And coming back to that idea of movement, the movement of your body or the movement of your mind in spaces and ways that are not about parenting provide that home, that reconnection to the home that is you in an identity that isn't just being mom to your little ones. Yeah, that has been so life-affirming. I'm now one of those people who's the 5.30 a.m. crew at the, the, the box. And the reason why that time works for me is my brain can be completely shut off parenting. I know all my children are sleeping. I know when I leave my house, it's quiet. I walk out and I see the stars and the moon every morning. When I run at the gym, I watch sunrise, but it's only me. Everyone else I have to take care of in the world is still nestled in their beds. And it's finally a time when I don't have to even put on that part of my brain. If I knew if I did it in part of my day, then sometimes you get the phone call from school because one of your kids is sick and then you have to stop working out and you have to go get them. Or you're just thinking, oh my God, did I pack their coat today because it's going to be cold. Like all of that stuff is gone because that part of me hasn't awoken yet. And I think finding those spaces where you can truly put down these other identities is really powerful in finding that home and that wholeness. Mm -hmm. And I want to acknowledge that that's not something that you have to find right away. So if you are listening to this and you are newly a mom, newly a parent, and you're thinking, I have just lost myself. Like what hit me? I had no idea that bringing this little person into my life would mean that I would lose so much of myself. If that's the story that you're walking with currently, then just know that that that's a totally okay and normal place to be in in those first weeks and months after having had a baby. It is, of course, wonderful. And if it is possible to find those places and spaces and movements that connect you to yourself in the postpartum period. But for so many of us, we have to find the path back to ourselves after having had a baby because we don't, it's not obvious to us where we are initially mm-hmm. or where our home might be. I mean, I'm working with my oldest is seven and my littlest is three, and I'm just finding that part of myself consistently now. I mean, enjoyed my Peloton journey. It's still a big part of it and still cry probably weekly, but I've got the weights. I reclaimed the weights back into my workout, but that was seven years in the making, eight if you count when I was pregnant. So this isn't something that's going to unfold overnight. And if your kids are 20, 30, sit down and still ask yourself, like, do I feel home within myself? Do I feel whole? And if not, What steps or what am I missing that give me those pieces? Because you deserve to have that no matter where you are on this continuum. And 
I wish Robin could shout that out to everyone because she's also just an empowering figure in her own as a mom of two who walks in a body that has diabetes and has not always been the most supportive of her. And she has had to find home and wholeness within this body as well. And I think if we just take that time to connect and really start looking at what we need, then maybe we can put some of those pieces slowly back together. Yeah. And I also want to acknowledge that it's not, and as I'm sure this is also your experience, it's not one path that then means that we have refound our connection to an identity outside of parenting or a home within ourselves. That this is a continual practice, but it also ebbs and flows. And there are times, for example, during a pandemic that might destabilize our sense of security, or we might go through something in our life that again throws up that feeling of loss of safety. We might have to move, we might lose a job, we might walk a story of grief that we weren't expecting. And, or we might just be a normal human being who sometimes feels more connected to himself than at other times. Mm-hmm. And that this, you know, what you're, what you are sharing, Sarah, about finding the movement that connects you to that sense of self and that safety and home within the self, you might find it one day or one week or one year through a particular practice. And then need to reconnect to it, maybe through a different practice or in a more intentional way, or maybe ride the path or the wave of destabilization for a period until you can find it again. It's a bit like the waves of the ocean. Sometimes they're softer and sometimes they're rougher and We have the boat that we journey on, and hopefully the boat is a secure boat. But when those waves are rough, it can feel pretty rough, even in a secure boat. Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel home and whole with this part of my identity. Mm -hmm. There are other parts of my identity that still feel like crack Mm -hmm. and still feel lost and still feel untenable right now. Like sitting down and reading an actual book. I long for that. I mean, Audible is great and it's brought me back into being able to read, but just sitting with a book and dog-earing that page or highlighting something that spoke to you, I long for that part of my identity. But what has been nice to witness is even just reclaiming and connecting to one part has shifted my sense of like purpose and being in the world because I am more than a parent now. Mm-hmm. Because I've reclaimed just one simple piece of myself. And I am looking forward to finding out what are the other pieces I want to take back. I don't know what they are all yet. And I probably will keep adding more pieces as I age. And maybe when I'm 100 one day, I'll have connected to parts I didn't even think I would ever do. But um, yeah, so I share that because I don't want you to think that this is a journey that you go on and then it's done. And then it just, you can grow in it and that sort of thing. I just think it's work that is never done. And that's okay as long as we work to still not forget about ourselves and forget our needs and see what we can hold on to in a certain moment. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think about 
healing from trauma as movement and as a journey rather than as a place that we get to and we have completed at the end of some journey. I think that this is where we can often berate ourselves for becoming activated again or being triggered by something, particularly when we weren't expecting it. This often comes up in the perinatal period because we weren't expecting necessarily to find pregnancy really difficult. We weren't expecting to experience birth trauma because of a prior trauma that came into that story. Or we weren't expecting postpartum to be difficult because of a story that we carry from before. And we can berate ourselves because we thought we healed. We thought that we had done it. We had completed the journey. We've done whatever work we can do. Maybe we've seen a therapist. Maybe we have done a lot of meditation. Maybe we have poured ourselves into a fitness experience that that has helped us heal what was broken. And here we come into this new part of our life and we're expecting to do so as someone who has reached the destination of having been healed from our trauma. And then we find that it it's come back again. And, and then we can be so self-accusatory. And the voice can be, our internal voice can be so harsh. And so I like to think about trauma and the healing from trauma as the movement of the journey. So when we are in movement, and that movement, again, for me, doesn't just mean physical movement, but also emotional movement and intellectual movement and creativity, when things in our lives move, when we move towards others in our emotional life, then we are in the act of healing. And in that act is healing. And that enables me to think about these times when trauma returns as just part of that journey and that path. And to be much more gentle with myself when it comes back. Because if we walk a journey, we don't necessarily know what's around the corner. And maybe what's around the corner is a darker, more difficult period. But as we move through that and gain our experiences and tools along the way, then we also move into parts of our life and experiences that are more open and more joyous as well. Yeah. And I think those statements lead me into my takeaway from today, which is holding on to the reminder that we have the right as humans to feel within our body the ways we want to feel. And I'm also holding on to the belief that I heard Robin's words at a time when I was ready to hear them and believe them. And I had been in parts of my life where I wouldn't have been able to connect with their words because I wouldn't have felt I was deserving of those things. Mm -hmm. And so I just also want to share with our listeners that I am holding those words for you if they're not something you can take on today. And when you are ready to see that you have the right to feel within your body the way you hope and dream and wish, I will give those words to you as a reminder of the beauty that I wish to all of you in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to take away this reminder that, or the the insight that maybe what limits me is not my body, but the story that I tell about my body. And that there have been times in my life when being connected to my body physically and doing something physically has been incredibly joyous and healing and given me what I needed. 
And so it's maybe less about that aspect of healing being closed to me, but more about thinking, where is it that I might find that safe space where I can be who I am physically and push myself, but not push myself beyond the limits of what feels okay for me. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Take care. If you like what you've been hearing from us, we wanted to announce our course called Trauma-Informed Fundamentals that is now available for you to buy. Yeah, this is a completely self-paced course that you can sign up for whenever it works for you. And it will give you some grounding and understanding in how do we provide trauma-informed care to other people. One of the things that I'm excited for this course is just how vulnerable and intimate we are in it. And so if you do like this way in which we interact with you, then we hope you'll come join us for this really special program. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. And if you liked today's content, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and share with a friend or colleague. And if anything came up for you on today's episode, please take a moment today to take care of yourself, reach out to some supports in your community, and if necessary, reach out to a local mental health professional.